Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to do a little post-mortem on the election and show you how the post-mortems being done by the constitutional conservatives is just another way to drive you into a dead end where you have no chance. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth. And the truth is that I was a constitutional conservative for a long time. And then I got the internet about 25 years ago and started to figure it out. And when I figured it out, I gave myself an award as a self-certified master practitioner. And I recently gave myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for all the fantastic work I do here on this podcast, explaining it to people. I'm pretty proud of those fake awards because I like making fun of the absurd sort of government credentials that people throw around and imagine there's something when they're really not. All right, enough fooling around. Let's go ahead and get this show going. So I want to do an election wrap-up show. Maybe not the only show. Maybe I'll do another piece or something because I heard so much crazy stuff on radio and TV about this election and what didn't happen and what did happen and what we're supposed to do. In fact, I was on the way to the place where you got to register your car and I heard a bit of morning radio. The guy was a local joker and he was taking calls and the topic was DeSantis or Trump for 2024. <laughs> I was like, literally the day or two after the election, they're already doing this. And I see it everywhere with the what does it mean for 2024 and all the analysis of just navel gazing nonsense. And the way they break it down is just so ridiculous. And I want to do a show to point out why it is that this kind of constitutional conservative radio crap where they put everybody in this box you've got no chance in is so ridiculous and the kinds of analysis that really should be done to point out to people how the box you're in can never work. See, it can never work. It's not a matter of trying to get better people. And there's fundamental problems going on. One of the most basic of them is that the representation is such a complete joke. One representative per 750,000 people living in a district. That's utterly and completely ridiculous. Nobody would agree to that. When the country was formed, the representation would have been about one per 7,500 people. So it's a hundred times more watered down now. And I'm going to read off some stuff later in the show where I'm going to give people an indication of uh, how big a difference that is. But there's so many fundamental problems besides the fact that you don't get enough representatives. That's just under no circumstances can a system like this ever work because as the country continues to expand, all that happens is your so-called representation just gets more and more and more watered down. But one of the other most important things is this concept that somehow 50% of the people voting is enough for the win. It should never be 50%. Where is this majority? I don't understand. Who has ever agreed to this? Where do people think all of this division in the country comes from? It comes from the fact that these simple majorities, which are all obviously just rigged up out the ass in a huge number of these districts... That's where it comes from, the fact that it's too closely split. Again, later when I read some of these numbers off, you'll see how utterly and completely preposterous it is. 
But why would anybody think that that's going to work? 50.1%. A couple extra votes and it's over. Of course, you're going to have massive division. And that's if everybody voted. I've done shows about what we can do. And, and one of the most important things that has to happen is people have to stop buying into this bullshit about the idea that simple majorities would be enough. If you're going to have a government this large, over 330 million people, a simple majority doesn't work. You have to have massive agreement and you have to have much bigger quorums. And what ends up happening when you do that is even if you just keep the very poor elective representatives that we have, what you end up with is you have to get a certain number, say, we could start with 75% instead of 50%. You have to get 75% of the vote in order to get elected in any district. If you just did that, see, if you just did that, the vast majority of the division of the country would disappear. Not all of it, but the vast, vast majority would disappear because the vast majority of places could never, ever get a representative, and therefore you'd never have a quorum. And so the Congress would come to a halt. And they wouldn't be able to pass laws. <laughs> That's it. It'd be that simple. Why? Because there's not actually agreement. And people think that's a bad outcome, but the reality is that's a very good outcome. Unless we have agreement, there's no point sending people up there and pretending that they're representatives of anybody. They're not. They specifically don't represent people. And I've told people again and again, really, even in a presidential election cycle, only half the people vote. So the whole thing's controlled by half of the half, which is 25% of the population. See, that doesn't make any sense. It just it doesn't make any sense. You're never going to have anything but massive division. And the very concept uh, at all that people get to vote equally, all their votes count the same, it's completely moronic. Why would somebody who puts nothing in have the same right as somebody who puts in millions of dollars in order to say how it gets distributed? What's the fundamental basis of that? I don't understand any basis for that. There's absolutely nobody would ever consent to it. And the very concept that my vote, which would be, if I voted, extremely well-informed, compared to just some street person they hand a pack of cigarettes to, and the person goes down and pulls the lever like they tell them to, or all the faked-up votes. How can those votes all count equally? What is the concept there? See, that doesn't really make any sense. Protecting somebody's rights so that the state can't just kill you. Oh, of course, I think that should be equal. But of course, it's not in our country. The people who are well-connected, they have rights and everybody else doesn't. But at least I can understand it, but it has nothing to do with voting. Nothing. <laughs> Whether you get arrested or not, tons of the people who are arrested, they've never voted. Lots of people who've been arrested and have felonies, and everything, they lose the right to vote, which is just, again, another complete absurdity. Right? That's just a complete and total absurdity. But if you just look at the concept of all votes being equal, what that ultimately means is that these people who are kind of brain dead, like they voted for that Fetterman guy who's stroke victim, he walks around in a pair of baggy shorts, a hoodie, and sneakers to run for Senate. And he wins. How? Well, he won because he got more than 50% of the people who voted for him were mail-in ballots. And those ballots apparently could be mailed in up to 50 days ahead of time. So for two months, they're just committing fraud on a massive scale. But there's lots of people who are just plain stupid or they're getting something for free. Well, of course, their vote cancels mine out. Well, I don't understand. So the vote of a complete idiot and a derelict 
cancels out the vote of somebody who is well-informed and is putting a bunch of money in. How does that make any sense? And how does it ever make any sense to say that if you can find two derelicts who are getting something from the one person who's intelligent and putting stuff in, that they win over the other person? So you get two people who want to take your money voting, and they can take your money, and you're told that that's equal protection. See, and the problem with something like this is that it has, can never be fixed by this fantasy red versus blue. And the reason it can't be fixed is because a giant government this big can never work to do what people imagine. It can never do it. It's like saying, I want to have a place that's it's easy to take care of and very inexpensive and I can run myself. And you build a hundred-story skyscraper. <laughs> it's not going to be possible. It doesn't matter who you get to build it. It doesn't matter who you get to draw the plans up. It doesn't matter who you have running it. None of it matters. A hundred-story skyscraper is never going to be a simple matter to operate, own, and maintain. And it's never going to be cheap. But that's what people have. They have this gigantic, absurd government, over 330 million people doing everything, and they're told that somehow if they just get the right people in there, that those problems will get solved. It's a total fantasy. So it can never, ever happen. And instead of having these discussions with people about how it needs to be massively decentralized, you have this other crap where they argue about red versus blue. And literally the day after the election, they're talking about 2024 and game planning for it. Well, I don't understand. 2024 is as far away as when Biden got in there. And look how much damage got caused. So not only did nothing really happen this election, but we're pushed off again. We're told more stories. How many times does that have to happen? I, I don't get it. The stupider the people are who vote and the more stupid people they can get to vote, the more intelligent people they override and get to control. Uh, how? Why? I don't get it. Who's, who's agreeing to this except for the people who want to take other people's stuff? It doesn't make any sense. See, but there's no discussion of anything like that. None. I heard discussion about the Florida thing and what happened and how it's a landslide and it's this and that. Um, the simple fact is Florida changed a lot of its voting rules. So it limited the amount of mail-in voting. It definitely cracked down on the kind of voters that could be in there. And basically it required a much more accurate, I think, tabulation of real votes. And as a result, the conservatives won because this country is ultimately extremely conservative still. They tell you it's, it's center-right, but that's not true. If they're telling you it's center-right, it's because they're trying to sell you a lie. You think they're trying to sell you a lie that it's more conservative than it actually is? No, they're trying to sell you a lie that it's way less conservative. In fact, it's much more conservative than they tell you. And the vast majority who don't vote, you think they're a bunch of liberals who are communists who want to take all your shit? No, they're not. The people who don't vote are the people like, much more like me or you who are very conservative, but they're so turned off by the system because they know it's totally corrupt. But if they had a really, truly conservative candidate who they really actually thought might do something and could fix stuff, he'd win overwhelmingly. Or she, it, they, them, she would win overwhelmingly because that's what the country's like. And so even in a place like Florida, when they crack down, they make sure that the voting is a lot more legitimate. Uh, he even won Dade County, which is where Miami is, which is incredibly so-called liberal. Why? Because when you have a liberal area, what do you have? It's synonymous with what? 
with people who want to take other people's shit and unbelievable amounts of corruption in the voting process. That's just a reality. But you can't talk about it. Just like you're not allowed to talk about this problem with all this so-called diversity. That's just fucking everything up. See, they love diversity because if the people stay divided amongst themselves, then they're easy to rule. And that's what you have. And that's what these guys on both sides of this election fantasy do. They, they dice and slice the population. They look at single moms that are 25 to 35. They look at people who aren't college educated, who are college educated, own their own business, unemployed, uh, housewives in the suburbs. They break all these things up into a million little pieces and they try to cobble together things that work so that they can have enough votes to then force the other people to have to pay for all their shit and go along with it. And that has nothing to do with freedom or liberty. Nothing whatsoever. And instead of the people having discussions like this after each election and before and during the week and everything else, so people could wake up and see that what we have can never work. Instead, they drive everybody into this concept that the only solution is to try to win these wars with these liberals who just cheat endlessly. Just over and over and over, they cheat. And I heard a bunch of the election coverage afterwards. Well, a bunch, whatever. I've probably heard a total of 45 minutes of an hour in the last few days. That's it. And so I wanted to pull it up and look generally at some of these results. And I want to kind of talk about it and show you the way I would look at this thing as an analysis and explain it to people about what a complete scam it all is. And so I pulled up this page from the New York Times, which doesn't matter that it's the New York Times and it corrupt. All it is is statistical data that they put up there, and it has a nice sort of interactive ability. So on my computer, I can just pull it up and look at it. And you look at all these different places, and you look at all the different representative races, and you can see how much they won by in each one of the things. And so you basically kind of shows, you know, the margin of victory was 7%, 16%, 1%, 5%. Stuff like that. So I'm just going to go through a few of them that, and give people an idea of what these sort of middle of the road, certainly winning by uh, 20 points is just a blowout. See, that's a complete blowout if you win by 20 points or something like that. Let's look at what that really means, right? What does it mean to win by 20 points? Is that a big deal? Well, let's look at one of them. And this is only 18 points, but it's close enough. And it's uh, some Connecticut District 2. And this guy wins. He wins 58 to 40. That's a blowout. That's what they call a blowout. But people don't seem to understand that if just 10% of the people who voted, just 10%, changed their mind and voted the other way, then the entire election would have been flipped. So 10% of the people who vote, well, how many people voted in this? About 275,000 voted. So 10% switched and the other person would win. That's out of 750,000 people. So only 275,000 people even voted. So only a third of the people even voted. In this, what is a big victory? So in a big, overwhelming victory, that's what you get. Does that make sense to you? It, does that sound like uh, a, a blowout? I don't get it. That's not a blowout. There's no way to describe that as a blowout. <laughs> Yet that's the way they talk about it. See, that's the way that it'll be discussed. Does that make any sense to you? It doesn't to me. Let's look at some of these closer races because there's a ton of races that apparently got resolved for less than 5% difference. Let's pull up one of these in Michigan. That's one of these probably crooked as hell races. 
that was apparently won by 5%. In other words, 52-46. So that's six-ish percent, but they call it five because it was less than it was actually less than six when you count it up. So you got a total number of votes that were cast for the winner was 192,828, and for the loser, 172,619. So again, that's about 365,000-ish votes out of the 750,000 people that lived there. So pretty good turnout for an election. That's really, really good turnout in that district. And what what was the difference in the total number? 20,000. So 20,000 out of the 750,000 people voted one way, and now everybody has to do that. (laughs) So the total number of people who didn't want it, the total people who didn't vote for this person, whether they could vote or, or couldn't vote, the total number of people who are now controlled by this, that's the 750,000 less 192,000. So about 560,000 people get told what to do by 192,000 people. And that's with great turnout. How does this make any sense? I, I don't understand. How does this even, even remotely like even the democracy they claim it is. If you just look at the numbers, it doesn't make any sense. And there's huge numbers of cases like this. Here's, here's a case here. It's less than 1%. Less than 1%. So the same kind of thing. I've got a district in New Mexico, and you only have there 190,000 people voting at all out of 750,000 people that live in these places. So you get 190,000 voting. Well, I don't understand this. The total amount separating them was about 1,500 votes. Less than that, 1,400, but 1,400 votes. So if 800 people change their mind, if 800 people change their mind, then this thing flips. So 800 people made the difference for 750,000. Well, this is absurd, people. You have to assume that everybody who didn't vote is a no vote for both of these people. You have to. You have to assume that anybody who didn't vote is that. Anybody who's not voting, they're not voting for a reason. It's not because they love the candidates. So the people who aren't voting, who don't get to vote, how does any of this make sense with a democracy where the people are in charge? And now you consider how much fraud has to really occur in most of these cases. Let's look at one that's an average case here. Let's look at this one here. You're talking about an 8% race, so 54-46. That's a pretty solid win. I mean, that's a pretty solid win in these kinds of races. You know, What about 12 12-point win? That's a huge win. All right, so let's look at that. That's a huge win. Uh, this is in New York, District 1. One guy got 173,000. The other guy got 136,000. So basically a little less than 40,000, 37,000-ish people additional voted for him. So 37,000 additional people voted for him. Um, Is this reasonable? Does that make sense to you? (laughs) Does that make sense to you that such a tiny number of people, how difficult is it to rig up that kind of fraud? Very easy. And that's a big win, 12 points. 12 points. All they have to do is control these small races where it's, say, 5%. 
Here's a 5% one in Minnesota, District 2. It's about 17,000 votes between them. 17,000 faked up votes is all they need to do. How easy is that for them to do with all their stuff they have at their hands? With the dead people and the double voting and the absentee ballots. I don't see, see how easy that is. It's really easy. And that's not that close a race. <laughs> it's just not. It's so many like this. Because tons of these districts are drawn up in these ways where you have no chance. So you have no chance at all. If you look at California, the way it's drawn up, you have no chance. You look at lots of these places, you have no chance. But you have all sorts of places where there's so-called solid red and all this other stuff. It's just not that many votes separate. And Florida is a classic example, right? It was supposedly a big blowout. Well, Florida's got about 22 million people living in it. Seven and a half million voted. There's about a third of the people voted who lived there. Now, a lot of them are kids and older people. Okay, whatever. But they're living there. Uh, apparently, they're not allowed to vote, but you only have a third of the actual people in Florida voting at all. And about four and a half million of them voted for DeSantis. And a 3.1 or something voted for the other guy, but it wasn't quite four and a half million. So, you know, you've got a, a decent amount difference. That's a, considered a big blowout. But even if all of them had voted, seven and a half million, you still are massively overwhelmed by the other people in the state. And so... Let's look at DeSantis, which is a big win, right? Let's just say it's four and a half million out of 22. Well, what is that? That's about what? How much? 20% of the state? So 20% of the state wants him, and that's considered a huge win. So if you're cruising around, 80% of the people in Florida either voted against him or didn't vote for him at all. 80%. And that's supposedly part of the so-called red wave. And every single analysis, everywhere you go, in any kind of political arrangement in our country, will look exactly like that. I don't understand how anybody can look at what I'm just showing you again and again and conclude that you're going to get anything but massive, incredible amounts of division in the country. And that's why, at minimum, at minimum, you have to have 75% of the vote to win anything at all. And I also think you should have to have a very significant portion of the total number of people who even theoretically could vote, must vote. And if they don't vote, then you have to assume that they weren't voting for either of the candidates for a reason. And therefore, if they don't have enough people in there voting, then none of the candidates can win. That you have to have a minimum threshold of turnout, first of all. And then of that turnout, you must also get 75%. And that would call all sorts of division in the country. Would it solve it? No, it wouldn't solve it. There'd be all sorts of other problems. But when you're looking at the simple numbers I'm giving you, how can anybody consider that only 20% of the people who even live in the state voted for the guy, DeSantis, and that's considered a blowout win? Um, see, that just doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. I don't understand why the discussion isn't around that by people who actually want liberty, which is the constitutional conservatives, who actually want small government and freedom of choice. Why wouldn't they bring these issues up? See, but they don't. They just keep you inside the box. And anybody with half a brain can see that unless 
you must have a very large portion of the turnout, meaning I think in order for there to be any kind of legitimate election, you have to start with 75%. You have to get at least 75% of all registered voters have to come and vote. And again, you can't allow all the mail in and all the other shit. They have to come, they have to show an ID, and then they have to vote at a location on that day. That's it. That's what has to happen. And if you do that, then you're going to at least cut out a huge amount of the fraud that goes on, the huge amount of cheating that goes on. And it's all on one side. It's all on Democrat side. That's where the cheating is. We all know it because the country is extremely conservative, ultimately. And you have this situation where a bunch of deadbeats and losers are allowed to cancel out the votes of the people who are stuffing things in there and that can be then divided up. Well, that doesn't make any sense. And that's why you have to have these larger numbers. But if you just look at the, what I'm proposing as a very simple solution, 75% of all registered voters must vote in the election. If you don't have at least 75% of the voters turning out, then the election is not going to count. Okay, the election doesn't count. That's it. You're not going to get anybody elected in there. I'd say you got to do it again. Well, if you can't get it, I guess the candidate sucks so bad and the offices go empty. I guess we need to clean up the act. See, that requires people to then move and act. As it is, what happens is the apathy is simply built into the system because they can run the system with such a huge amount of fraud and corruption because they only have to jiggle it a few votes. It's not like they have to steal millions and millions of votes, these places. They only have to gen up a few votes. But if you had to have 75% of the people turn out, and then the only candidates who could win have to get 75% of that, at least you would have way less division. I'm not saying it's a system I'd be in favor of approving and consenting to, but it can all be done without any constitutional amendments, and any state can implement it. Any state. And they all should. As I've said before, you should have secession on the ballot every time and all sorts of other things. But here's just a simple example of how it doesn't work, people. This is why there's so much division. Because even undermine, only still only a very small portion of the population would actually have voted for the person who won. But if you had to get 75% of the vote, and you had to get 75% of the voters voting each time, Believe me, there'd be a lot less division because if you just look through these lists of people who win, very few people get more than 75% of the vote in any district. Very few. So the reality is the vast majority of the time there would not be a winner. There would not be a winner, especially in cases like this because in in these off years, you don't get 75% of the voters turning out. So there wouldn't be anybody elected. So there wouldn't be a quorum possible in most of these places because there wouldn't be enough people to go up there and sit. Okay, that's it. So you got to make fundamental changes to the type of stuff that the people say when they're running, the types of uh, issues they have any control of, so you can get some basic agreement. And we're not even getting even close to real agreement. We're talking about 75%. That leaves out so many millions of people. There's 330 million people in this country. Let's just figure that only half can vote, which is so preposterous anyway. Just only half can vote. All right, so it's 170 million people. All right. So if you only get 75% of that, it's, it's not like you even at that point have anything close to a majority in the country. And so people go, oh, I can't do math and all this other shit. Sit down and make it simple. If you have 100 million people and only half can vote, 
even if you got 75% of them, you're never going to get more than half because only half can vote. So if only half the people in this country can really vote, which is apparently about all they can vote because they knock so many people out with different crimes and all sorts of other shit. We got so many immigrants in here and everything else. Okay, so even if they got 100% of the vote, they'd only have half the country. They'd only have half the country. <laughs> and so you have to work towards systems like that. And people have to understand that the standard analysis that goes on after these elections about trying to figure out how to win these close districts and all this other shit, that's completely misses the mark. So they're just putting inside a box that just guarantees we're going to lose because unless you address the underlying problems that losers, idiots, fools, deadbeats, all their votes count the same as the well-informed people, the intelligent people, the people who are putting all the money into the pot that everybody then divides up. If you keep acting as though all those votes need to be equal and counted equally, there's not going to be a solution anyway because it's very easy for them just to keep adding more and more deadbeats and losers, which is what they're doing at a very rapid pace. And then the people who are producers and intelligent, they're just swamped. And there's simply no way to say that a system makes sense and is the greatest system ever designed when two idiots can simply rule the intelligent person. (laughs) That's our system. That's our system. And so you get half the most intelligent people and then half idiots, and then you get one more extra idiot and the idiots win. How, How does that make sense, people? That's not the greatest system ever, but that's not any part of the conversation. See, real solutions are never part of the conversations. All they do is talk about the mistakes that was made and whether or not Trump is this and DeSantis is that and what we can do and Biden, the the cheating over here, this and that. All those things, Mr. Mark, I've given you ways that would be much easier to see if there was division. See, if you have if you have to cheat such that you get 75 or 80 percent, I personally would prefer to be more like 80 or 85 percent than 75. But I put the number out there just because it sounds like something more people might glom onto and, and accept. And you can always move it up if it starts working well, then we might keep moving it up. But if you have to cheat to try to make it look like you got 75% when you really didn't get 75%, well, it's still hugely different than trying to look like you got 51% than you actually did. It's still completely different. It's still a very different area. And if you look at the kinds of districts and whether it's a local election or something else, when you have the representatives getting 75 80% of the vote, the areas are relatively homogenous. They get along and everyone's kind of fine. It really works kind of fine. And that's because there's generally agreement. And that's why it all needs to be expanded out into the much, much larger scale if you're going to keep this absurd system going. But these kinds of discussions never occur. See, they never occur. And even though the stuff is right in front of everybody, instead they drive them into the ditch, same ditch again and again and again. I'm sure everybody who's listening has heard some of this post-election coverage and the post-mortem nonsense that's been going on with the supposed red wave that didn't happen. Apparently we must be pregnant because they've been screwing us for years and we didn't get a red wave. (laughs) So we're going to have a little freedom baby here shortly to lock us up. I just... I don't know how many ways I can show people that the 
constitutional conservatives out in media and academia are not on your side. They are not for freedom and liberty. They are not for limited government. They are not. They're nothing for that. They are for pushing a narrative. They are the Washington generals. That's all they are. They're there to lose the globetrotters. The system is designed to do one thing empower the small class behind the scenes. And I've showed you how that works in an actual election sense now. So you heard all the nonsense build up to it, and now you see all the sort of hand-wringing nonsense analysis afterward, talking about what's going to happen in 2024 and how many senators will be incumbents on the Democrat side versus the Republican side. Think about all this arguing about a Fetterman and, and some Senate seat. They make this huge deal out of it. Millions and millions of people come out and vote. They spend tens and tens of millions of dollars on it. And what are they actually arguing about? What are they actually arguing about? I mean, you just really look at it. They're attempting to get control of 1% of the Senate. So millions and millions of people, tens of millions of dollars, all this amount of time to try to get control of 1% of the necessary vote in the Senate. <laughs> See, how does that not just make something click in somebody's mind? Same thing with these phony baloney congressional districts. They're even worse. All this different people and money spent to try to get control of this and that. What are you trying to get control of? Less than one quarter of 1% of what's necessary voting in the House. Less than one quarter of 1%. I mean, people, that's just ridiculous. You're going to stand around and wait for a few pennies while the cashier runs off and spends hours and hours? Or are you just going to leave without your few pennies and change? You're just going to leave. It's not worth it. But they act like it is because the system works as a whole. It's not about representing you. It's about having a system that gives an illusion of representation. Like I said, when the country was formed, you basically would have had one representative for every 7,500 people instead of every 750,000 people. So look at the way those numbers would work, <laughs> right? Look at the way those numbers would work. 4,000 people, right? That's the total amount you kind of need to win in a congressional district. You can go around and talk to that number of people. You're going to know those people. Okay? It's not going to be that easy to cheat in an election like that. It's not, especially if you required 75%. But just think how great that would be. Think how great that would be. Even local elections don't have anything close to that unless you're in a very, very small town. I live in a, in a town, and it's basically got a city council. But even our city council in this town, it's one representative for every 25,000 people. That's still about three times uh, less than what I would have had in the beginning of this country. At the federal level, not the local level. Federal level. See, that's how diluted it is. And again, you never hear any discussion about how diluted your vote's been over time. 7,500 people, give me a break. You heard me reading off those numbers about the kinds of people who were winning and how many votes it took. They just jerry-rig up, you know, 5,000 votes or something, and then they can win. It doesn't even, you don't even notice it. If people would just think about these concepts instead of the nonsense that they're told all the time, they'd see that there are solutions. There are solutions to this. The reason that we don't move towards solutions is because the system's not broken, people. See, it's not broken. It's working exactly as it's designed. The very wealthy people behind the scenes, they are running it all through this complete charade that people imagine is about liberty and freedom and representation because they're told that over and over and over again from the time they're little brainwashed about the country and the Constitution, the vote, and everything else. 
But if you just look at it as a simple objective analyst like I am here, um, you can just see that it's all fraud. It can never work. And it's not designed to work the way you're told. It's designed to do something completely different. And it does that very well. It doesn't do what you imagine, and no amount of waiting until 2024, 2026, or having Trump or not, or having DeSantis or not, it's never going to fix it. It's just never, ever going to fix it. The country's more and more divided. As long as you allow deadbeats and losers to vote and cancel out the other people and overpower them, which is numbers, just sheer number of idiots, uh, you can't win. So all this talk about everything being equal, everybody is equal, we have to have all this diversity, and you have to have all this inclusion— Okay, I understand. Why do you even grade papers? How do you even uh, choose an employee? I don't understand if everything's supposedly equal across the board. I don't understand. Why, why do we have tall people playing basketball professionally? Why don't you just have short people? I don't understand. I don't control how tall I grow. Just like most people, they don't control how intelligent they are. You just don't control that. You're born with it. Yeah, you can improve it or you can maybe not do as much with it. But the basics are there. Same with aptitudes. There's all sorts of aptitude tests out there. It just shows your aptitudes basically don't change over your lifetime. You can improve some very small amounts, kind of workarounds and things like that. Basic aptitudes don't change, just like basic IQ. And you can get any kind of test you want. I don't care. I'm not going to say that the IQ test is perfect. It's not. But we all have lived our lives and realized that some people are just fucking stupid asses. And in fact, we're surrounded by them. Just tons and tons of complete dumbasses. And to continue to pretend that those people are just as valuable in voting and having and throwing in money when they don't throw any money in and they should have an equal say, it's never going to work, people, to do what you think. All it's ever going to do is exactly what it is doing. Continue to empower more and more and more the worst actors as they exploit the fact that these idiots can be manipulated and bought off. And that's the system. It actually is the system <laughs> that you support and say is the greatest ever. So I wanted to do that show just so I could show people that it doesn't take that much. You wouldn't have to spend the endless hours and hours and hours and hours people do analyzing and reanalyzing all these daily events and everything else and this constitutional conservative versus liberal nonsense if people instead focused on the issues that actually matter, like I do in my show, where it's their substantive issues and they explain the fact that the system can never work. So you can never work the way you're told. If people understood the kinds of things I've told the people in my podcast now for years, we would be in a very different place. And that's why my podcast is massively restricted. My Twitter account is, and it's just the way it is. They don't want it out there because it's doing exactly what it's supposed to. Instead, they reward these liars, these constitutional conservatives in media and academia. They reward them with millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars to continue to lie to people and keep them on this plantation, imagining that the Democrats are the enemy and we have to organize, get more organized, super organized, extra organized. you got to make phone calls and canvas your neighborhood and hand out flyers and all this other stupid shit. It's never going to work, people. The vast majority of the people, they don't even agree with you. They just, they're just deadbeat takers. <laughs> That's what they are. So, of course, you're never going to be able to convince them to be independent and not take your shit. Why would they want to give up on that? It's not a matter of educating people. The people are voting in their best interest, which is to take your shit. I don't get it. It's not complicated. And the people who are cheating, they're cheating because it keeps them in power and nothing ever happens to them. These individual cases go forward. We all know it's all coordinated. 
There's no investigation by the DOJ to get to the bottom of this and take down people like Hillary Clinton or any of these other jokers who obviously run all this shit and benefit from it. There's nothing. NGOs and all the other crap, the stupid campaign laws, it's all a joke. People's right in front of your face. It's right in front of your face. So if you want to keep believing constitutional conservatives and academia and media, then go ahead. Nothing's going to change. You're just going to imprison your kids and their kids. That's it. And there isn't going to be another chance because once this cycle ends, the electronic prison will be here. And there's never been one in the past. Not at least in the history they give us. There's never been one. So there's not going to be another chance. It's going to be over. And it's moving very quickly. I just saw the other day that Biden's going to regulate crypto. Of course they are. I've told people for years, if you think Bitcoin's going to fix anything, you're dreaming, people. It's an op. It's an op from the NSA, CIA, some shit they dreamed up. Trying to convince people you're going to get free. You're never going to free yourself through this shit. The only way forward is to educate people. They have to understand the way the actual game works. And until they do, it's not going to work. We're going to get worse and worse. And I've got my own plans, and uh, those are probably going to lead to me, you know, finishing up and not making a public show at some point. And that's just the way it is. Uh, People best protect themselves. I try to give people information about how it actually works, and that's the way you protect yourself. I've told them about jury trials and nullification, all sorts of other stuff, the way it's a political entity. I've told all sorts of things, and now it shows you as a simply irrefutable fact the analysis being done by constitutional conservatives after the fact on this election is complete and total shit and leaves out everything that matters like they do every single time in every single issue. They're not on your side, people. They're controlled opposition. They're paid tens of millions of dollars. It's a multi-billion dollar industry because it poses zero threat to the system. In fact, it props it up drains off everybody who would be on my side who wants liberty and small government limited this and that and drives them into the constitutional conservative ditch that's it so so that's it it's all i'm going to say and i don't know if i'm going to play any clips from post-election shows maybe next time i'll listen to a few others and think about it they were pretty funny but it's just all so ridiculous at this point i don't know if i will but regardless if you want to follow me, you can. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Crime Review on Twitter. I used to be Legal Man at U.S. Law Review. I had to change the law to crime because they were suspending me so much for non-violations. But now that Musk's in there, I think I'll probably come off private and people can see my tweets without following me. But I'd liked private actually for a while and I may go back to it. But you can still follow me, Legal Man at U.S. Crime Review. I'll just let you in. It's not a problem. And as far as the movie goes, The Jones Plantation, I play Mr. Jones, written by Larkin Rose, and it comes out probably around the holidays. It's really good. I saw the rough cut. It's really great. And I know that Andrew has hired a super talented, kick-ass artist to do the movie poster. I cannot wait to get one of those. I hope when the movie comes out, people buy it, they watch it, they, they, they buy it for friends. I think they're going to really like it. A lot of great gifs and memes are going to come out of that. So I think that's going to be really good. And I want to thank the people who are in Patreon who kick skin in the game of this. You know, I showed you how the people, most people out in voting, they, they don't have any skin in the game. But the people here in Patreon, they do. And I appreciate that because I spent a bunch of time and effort to both learn what I've learned and then to make my show. And so thank you. I really do appreciate that, guys. A lot of people like my show, but don't support it. And 
with money, and that's fine. I get it. A lot of people aren't going to, and I don't expect everybody to, of course. But I do appreciate the integrity of the people who don't expect me to do this for free. Thank you, guys. And beyond that, I don't know if there's anything else to say. So I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time. The legal man.